How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On NBA. I'm David Locke, host of Locked On NBA, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network and radio voice of Utah Jazz. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On NBA. Today's one of my favorites. This is the signature to kind of what our show is. Today we have the scout, and what this is is an NBA scout comes on our show He's hired by an NBA team. We bring him on anonymously, and he shares with you all the things he's seeing around the league. The reason I love having these guys on the show is because they see the league. They spend more time. They file reports. They know the league better, and nobody talks to them. So that's why we have the scout. We have multiple scouts. This is a different one than the other. We also have the coach. Sometimes we have a front office guy. We'll try to continue to expand our our field for you. But that's the signature to Lockdown NBA, and that's uh, what's coming up on the program today. Really looking forward to giving you uh, who he's seen, who he thinks is hot, who he's gotten better. Break down a bunch of players. Kind of goes all over the map. Should be a lot of fun uh, with that. This is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your favorite NBA team has a daily podcast bite size for you about your team to keep you up to date go search itunes whatever podcatcher you use and subscribe they're all up on audio boom if you want to go grab the rss feed and subscribe to your favorite team's podcast plus we have a fantasy show locked on fantasy basketball with josh lloyd uh he's really good if you're a fantasy player today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the first place you should go when looking tickets to a game or a concert or any type of event. You just get the app on your phone, and then it's technology-making an old-time process that's a pain. Really, really simple and easy. And how do they do it? First, what they do is they pull all the tickets from available sites into one place. You don't have to be searching multiple places for your tickets. Second thing, they give you a SeatGeek ticket grade on every single ticket. So every ticket is given that grade based on value, where the seat is. You immediately find the underpriced seats, and you buy it on that detailed map without having to look at the arena map and this and that. You can figure it out from there. And then it's always secure, and it comes right to your phone. So it's a great deal. Plus, if you go right now to download that SeatGeek app and go to the settings tab, add the promo code LOCKED, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you make your first ticket purchase. That's go to the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, and enter in LOCK, and then when you find your event, you can get your $20 back. So that's SeatGeek. Any concert, game, ticket, whatever you might be going to, you can use it and enjoy it. Here comes the scout. We look forward to, hopefully, a conversation you really, really enjoy. If you missed our previous episode, it was with Kevin Pelton, who's always fabulous. Before that, uh, we had another scout on. So there's a bunch of old Lockdown NBA shows for you to get as well. So let's get it started here on Lockdown NBA, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. So, Scout, if we're going to start, we've probably got to start anywhere with Russell Westbrook. Uh, You've been in this game for a long time. One, have you seen anything like it? And two, is it... 
sustainable, and three, is it stoppable? <laughs> it's it's something else. Wow, yeah. Um, Russell uh, has defied um, a lot of people's uh, expectations. Uh, he, he, he just keeps getting better. Um, I mean, when he came into the league, nobody thought that he would be a point guard. And, and he's still not a true point guard, but the things that he's doing now uh, are phenomenal. And I, I keep saying he can't sustain it for 82 games uh, because of the way he plays, how intense he is, how aggressive he is. I just think it's so hard on the body. But, I mean, he's, he's like Superman, so maybe he can. Who knows? But he has literally put the thunder on his back because none of us expected them to uh, win as many games as they've won so far. So it, it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm, I'm almost rooting for him now <laughs> to, to, to do well. When you, so we'll, when you file your report on him, what, is, there, is there anything you're trying to do? Like, does he have, has he got a tendency? What, what do you try to do with him? Well, you, you, you want him, well, we, we used to say this, we want him to shoot jump shots, take long jumpers. Um, but he's making them. And now there was a time when he wasn't a good decision maker. He wasn't known as a passer. Now he's making guys better. He's making the right pass. Sure, he's going to turn the ball over because of his aggressiveness. But he's passing, he's making jump shots, and he gets to the basket whenever he wants. So I don't know. There's, what else can you do besides take his legs from him? <laughs> and he would still hobble out there. <laughs> when you try to force a guy into a mid-range jumper, like how do you do that? Because I feel like if you give him space – then he just uses that space to get going downhill on you with that speed, and then he's unstoppable. Absolutely. He, he is going to take whatever space you give him, or he's going to create space and find a way to get into the paint some type of way. Russell will go over you, he will go around you, or he will go through you. That is his philosophy, and uh, he's showing us <laughs> – that, that what he can do and that he is a uh, he is a legitimate superstar no matter what uh, Mr. Cuban says about him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scout, when I was when I was breaking down Russell because we play them on Wednesday, uh, I was stunned by this note. So he is taking less shots at the rim than he has in three years, just by a little. He is taking more shots from 10 to 16 feet than he's ever taken in his career, which I mm. And then here's the killer. He's shooting 46% on those shots. Career, 39%. This year, 46% on those 10 to 16 footers. 21% of his shots are 10 to 16 footers, and he's killing them. That is simply amazing, and that just goes to show that he's really worked on that aspect of his game because, I mean, I mean, teams were trying to take away his, his driving lanes and trying to keep him out of the paint. So he said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, be phenomenal in the mid-range. 
and he's doing it. When I turn to the before I turn to the next superhuman player, uh, the other note I had that I just want to share on Russell: his two point field goals are only assisted fifteen percent of the time. It's just insane. It's just insane. Wow. All right. So, actually, let me ask you this about OKC. I'm kind of mesmerized by him. I, uh, on our earlier podcast this week on Locked in NBA, I asked the same question. Is there anything more than Russell to why they're winning games, or it's simply Russell? Is there something else about that team that people aren't taking note of and understanding, or is it just Russell? Well, I mean, Russell has a lot to do with it, but I, I think uh, that, that Billy Donovan is doing a great job, um, and he has a great um, support staff and coaches. Uh, and, and they don't have, I mean, oh, and I love Stephen Adams. I mean, uh, I think he's one of the top three or four uh, centers in his league. So I, I think that his, uh, his, his presence alone, and he's a, really a good offensive player. I think that uh, the big guys, he and Cantor, uh, play a role in, in the, uh, the success of OKC right now. All right, Scout. If Adams is number four, who's one through three centers in the NBA? Mm, good question. Um, I, I, I Actually, I like Valanchunas in Toronto. Interesting. Uh, I, I like him. Um, um, hmm. Marcus Gasol's got to be one, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. He's number one. I mean, and then with the way he's playing right now, uh, he, he. I mean, he. He did, and then now he's shooting threes consistently, uh, along with everything else he does. He's a great passer. Uh, he, he's, he's phenomenal at the elbows and, and, and making plays and creating offense for himself and his teammates. So. Uh, and he, he's a beast on, on the low block. What do you so li- he's number one for sure. What do you like about Valanciunas? Uh, I think he uses uh, his size like a, a true big man. Uh, uh, he's aggressive inside. Uh, he has a nice touch in the paint. And, uh, I mean, he, he's improved each year. Um, and that's what you want uh, to see in, in young players. Um, and so many big men today don't play like big men, and, and he does. Gobert or DeAndre Jordan, who's better? Mm. Uh, I really believe DeAndre is better defensively. Um, I believe Gobert has a bigger upside and, and will surpass DeAndre. But DeAndre just... Just he really anchors the Clippers' defense uh, in so many ways uh, with his athleticism, his shot blocking, um, the way he communicates. I'm just impressed with the way he communicates on the floor with his teammates and to the coaches. Uh, that that's one thing that really stands out to me. That's the one. I that's the most common thing I hear about from other coaches about DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. That he just talks and talks and talks, and every coach is envious of having that kind of free safety back there talking to their defense that much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, is DeAndre in your top three? Uh, he is not. And because, I mean, he, he just has no back to the basket game. And they, they, the Clippers, they, they tried to get him involved the first two or three series uh, or possessions in games uh, by, by giving him touches, low post touches, or uh, getting him the ball in front of the rim. But he, he's just not a guy that's ever going to be very good offensively. 
unless he's dunking the basketball or running in transition, catching uh, lobs. Interesting. Uh, do you classify Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns as centers? They are not true centers, even though they play the position. Uh, Anthony Davis, <laughs> if you put him at center, he's, mm, he's maybe number two, if you put him at center, because of all his skills. I mean, another guy that just keeps getting better year after year. Uh, if, he, if, if he could ever stay healthy for a full year, it would be scary what he could do. Uh, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns seems to t- have taken a step back uh, because he's fallen in love with the three. But he is still super skilled. But I, I think he's fallen in love with three-point shot too much. Carl Anthony Towns is shooting the three uh, 36% of his possessions this year. Uh, mm-hmm. no, no, wait a sec. I take that back. He's shooting his three 22% of his possessions this year. Last year it was 8%. That's, that's my point. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big difference. What he really did, though, is he got rid of his mid-range jumper. You know, Thibodeau's got right. all those guys have stopped taking that 16 to 3 to three, which is such an inefficient shot. He's gotten um, them all to get away with it because Towns is actually taking more shots to his credit at the rim than he did a year ago. He's just not taking that long mid-ranger uh, right. along the way. All right, so let's go back. Uh, I want to talk about another superhuman player, but as is always the case with the scout, I never stay on uh, point. Let's go back to Marcus Gasol. Okay. Where is he better than we all realize? Because I'm trying to figure out how Memphis has won a game in the last three weeks. Not the fact that they've won six in a row, just that they actually won a game. And the only thing I can come up with is either that John Hollinger and his number geeks actually know something the rest of us don't know, and they've, <laughs> like, they've, they've actually broken the code and we don't, haven't realized it yet, or that Marcus Gasol is dramatically better than any of us realize. Oh, uh, well, I, I, I believe part of it has to do with his basketball IQ. Um, I mean, he's, he's not super athletic. He's not fast. But he, 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 is, he understands the game as good as, as well as a lot of guards. Um, he, he, he makes players better. His teammates better. He makes coaches better. He's, and he's actually a, a better defender than he probably gets credit for as well. Um, I mean, he, he can contain pretty well in the pick and roll. He's not great. I mean, he doesn't move well, I mean, that well laterally, but he's good enough uh, to keep guys in front of him by cutting off angles. And that's a big part of the game, you know, knowing angles and cutting off angles. Um, uh, it's just, again, I. I don't know how Memphis <laughs> is doing it, but they are doing it. <laughs> Let's go to the next superhuman season, James Harden. Mm. What have you seen from him? His, he's really interesting, by the way, because if you dig in on him, he's actually not using he's actually not using any more possessions for himself than he always does. His usage rate That's is right. right around where it's always been. He's just right. he's just become much more of a of a point guard, really. What are you seeing out of him? And, uh, again, what would you report on any way to try to slow him? What would you do defensively to slow him down? <laughs> I, I really don't know if there's a way to slow him down um, because 
we always knew he was a good passer. We just didn't know how much, how well, or uh, how good of a passer he is or was. Um, but obviously Mike D'Antoni knew something that we didn't by putting the ball in his hands most of the time. But when you think about it, in the past, he was the primary ball handler. And so Mike just allows him to bring the ball up now and mean dictate what happens on the court. I, he, he's another freak. He's another freak of nature. Um, he can get to the rim anytime he wants. And now he's finding guys uh, more, more so than when he was in the past. And, 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 and the offense has a lot to do with it, too, the way they play. This is, this is suited for him. This style of play is, is perfect for him. And now he's being, he, he can excel by having the ball in his hands the majority of the time, gets to the rim, can shoot it, and he can dish it. I, I don't know what you do. I mean, it's, it's kind of like Russell. It's pick your poison. Are you going to key on everybody else and let him score 50? Or do you, do you double-team him every time um, and, uh, I mean, make him pass? I, and, but their tempo, they're so up and down that it's hard to, to double-team because they move the ball so well and so fast. Scott, let me. I want to move to kind of what's coming ahead, but I want to just ask about one or two teams. Maybe you've seen them, maybe you haven't. If you haven't seen them yet, let me know. Um, the obvious one's the Warriors. Uh, they have the number one offense in the league, as, as suspected. Or actually, Toronto, I guess, has surpassed them now. Um, and that will be the second team I'll ask you about. What have you seen from Golden State? Is there ways to guard them, or are, is it, are they dictating whether they win or not and have a good night or not? No, they, they are dictating whether they win or lose. Um, they, I don't, there's no way to really guard a team that talented. They, they have to miss shots. <laughs> they have to be off. They have to throw the ball away. That's really the only way that they lose games. And, 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 and when they're not focused defensively or – one of the main cogs in the machine, uh, Draymond Green, he has to have one of those off nights mentally, so to speak. But they, they, are, a, they are a well-oiled machine, and they can stop themselves, but I don't see anybody else stopping them. Uh, Draymond made a big deal about the fact that Quinn Snyder supposedly said, though nobody can actually find this on record anywhere, so we're actually no one's convinced that Quinn Snyder actually did say this, that Quinn Snyder said to let Draymond shoot. Isn't that the only answer to what you do with them, is to let Draymond shoot? Well, I mean, teams have tried that. You do, you do allow him to shoot. I mean, he's not a, a great three-point shooter, but, I mean, he's an NBA player and a pretty good one. So if you leave him open enough, he's going to make the shot. So, okay, you, you say, yeah, let Dray- Draymond shoot. But, I mean, I don't think that's really a wise thing to do. You, you just have to buckle down defensively and, and, and man up and get ready for a battle and do the best that you, best that you can do. But, I mean, he, if there's a, a weak link <laughs> – in their starting lineup, it would be Draymond from a shooting standpoint. But, I mean, 
And of course, uh, I mean, Pachulia, but I mean, right. you know, he's not going to shoot. The team that is really interesting to me is Toronto. Uh, have you seen them? And is there, what would your report say on why they're so good offensively right now? Well, I, I haven't seen them live, but I watched them on film. Um, and offensively, I mean, you have DeRozan, who's another guy that's raised his level of play. And, I mean, still, and he does it without shooting threes. But they they are well coached. They play exceptionally hard. They move the ball well. And Coach Casey calls a play. They run the play. And that's one thing that's been missing in a lot of the teams that I've seen, the execution. Toronto executes exceptionally well, and they have really good players on the floor, too. They, they have great chemistry. They play well together. And, uh, again, DeRozan has raised his level of play. Who are your other high-level executing teams you've seen? Oh, um, well, of course, San Antonio. They're always going to be up there. Um, uh, Memphis executes well. Um, uh, Detroit executes well. Um, they're 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 up and down, but they execute well. If Stan calls a play, they run the play. They don't take shortcuts. They don't break things off. They run it. They get through it. But you just you don't see that much now in this league. Um, Another team, Atlanta, they run their plays. Charlotte, they run their plays. This is the Scout on the Locked On NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to your favorite team's podcast. Search Locked On, whatever your favorite team is, on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is. Today's show is also brought to you by BetDSI. You can you love to get in the action, play a little bit, be involved in all of it? Well, then BetDSI.com is your answer. They've got hundreds of football, hundreds of basketball wagers for you to choose from. They even do in-game wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. BetDSI, you can play virtually everything at BetDSI. And if you enter in the promo code NBA10, you get a free $10 wager plus a $100 bonus on your first deposit with BetDSI.com. Uh, check it out. Go there now at BetDSI.com. Use the promotion code NBA10. You get your free wager and hopefully get you to start winning today. BetDSI has been in business for over 20 years. They pride themselves on their customer service and their fast, easy payments on winnings. So you can check it all out at BetDSI.com and the promo code NBA 10 for you. Now back with more on the Scout on the Locked On Podcast Network. Who's on your top? Uh, who's Actually, let's go to the other side. Who are you filling out reports for and being like, I, I, don't, got, I don't have it. I don't know what they run. I, I, I don't, they're just playing <laughs> basketball. Who, it, there, there's value to that too, frankly, particularly in the playoffs. If you just play and it's hard to scout. So who, who is it out there that you kind of say, wow, I don't, I don't have anything for them? Well, I mean, uh, Phoenix Suns, they, they, they're so young and they make so many mistakes. They, you, just, you just leave the game asking yourself, what did I just see? What did I just watch? What did I just scout? Uh, the Denver Nuggets, another team, they, 
they run a random offense. They don't execute well. They run up and down. And they break plays off. Um, um, let's see, there's another one that I was just talking about recently. Uh, oh, I can't remember right now. Oh, well, take for instance, Houston. They're 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 successful, but they don't call a lot of plays. But they're the one team that, that's having success, but that's just Mike D'Antoni's style. I mean, he gets the ball up the floor, they shoot threes. They don't do a lot of play calling. They just push the pace and want to outscore you. I had a conversation with Mike uh, D'Antoni that was really fascinating in which we were talking about what it takes to run. And one of the things he said to me was, you've got to not be thinking. If you have players that are thinking about how they're getting to their set, what they're getting to, they'll think that instead of run. But if you take that away from them and just tell them to get up and down the floor, maybe in a lane or something very basic, then mm-hmm. you can get them to run. Well, it makes a lot of sense because the bottom line is it's basketball. And you have to allow these guys some form of freedom. And because it makes the game fun. And after all, yeah, it's your job. It, it's a sport. And it's supposed to be fun. So you have to loosen the reins a little bit as if you're a coach and allow these guys to play the way they're comfortable playing. And that's why his teams have success. That's why teams that, 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 that have freedom and play a little more, a little faster than everybody else, that's why they, they have success and are having fun. I mean, the Lakers. Look at the Lakers. I mean, Byron Scott (laughs) had handcuffs on everybody last year, and now Luke has come in and said, hey, just have fun, guys. You're going to make mistakes, but have fun. And and they enjoy playing, and they've had some success. Who have you seen that's not having fun? Hmm. Let's see. I just had this conversation with somebody, too. Oh, Minnesota. They're not having fun. I don't think that team is, is, uh, is uh, shaped to play the way Tibbs likes to coach. And you have all these thoroughbred, talented young people, and you're calling a set every play, every possession. It's slowing them down. And they're thinking. These guys are thinking. You don't want these guys thinking. You just want them to go. And so that's why they're struggling so much. Um, another one. I, I, I wonder if that's what's going on in Dallas. I mean, you don't have the talent that you're accustomed to having. So you've got to loosen up a little bit and just let them play. The young guys, the young guys are going to have to – get playing time, and they're going to have to learn on the fly. So just let them play. They're going to make mistakes. Interesting. Really interesting. All right, let's look ahead a little bit. Who have you seen that you think is better than people realize right now? If we talk in a month, what team will we be to? Oh, they've really been hot. Like, who have you seen? You're like, oh, that's coming. They, they got that going. Hmm. That's that's really a good question. I don't know <laughs> if if I can pinpoint a team like that um, because it's just it's it's 
right now it's maybe a three or four team race. <laughs> um, uh, Cleveland, Golden State, San Antonio, Clippers. Uh, other than that, I don't know who else is up there. Um, let me let me all right. Let me structure the question differently. Okay. Of the following teams in the East, mm-hmm. Knicks, Bulls, Hornets, Celtics, Pacers, Pistons, Hawks, Bucks, Magic, any of those teams, you know what? They're better than people realize. They're actually playing pretty well when I saw them recently. Um, I, I would say um, I, I'm a Boston fan. I like the way they play. Uh, I, I, I like um, their coach. Um, I like the, the talent they have on their team, and 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 again, and and Toronto is another team that I like. Uh, so between Boston and Toronto, ooh, I, I I would I would pick Toronto over Boston just because of how tough. Well, both of them are tough defensively too, but Boston's guards will mug you. They they just get in you, and and I love the, uh, their intensity, the the guard their guard play. I, I just love those guys and the, how t- how hard they play. In the West, um, boy, the West is funky. I guess let's go with the West. Uh, looking forward, uh, do you see anybody cracking the top three of the Warriors, Spurs, Clippers? In other words, I guess I'm asking the Rockets. They've won seven in a row. They're eight and seven as we record this. Do you believe they catch the Clippers? Like I, I, I'll be honest. I thought last night Clippers beat Portland last night. I thought that was a big win to them. I thought they were down in the third quarter in that game. I was like, this thing's over. They lose. This. I just feel like their existence is really fragile right now. Maybe they're just too good, and I'm wrong on that. But no, I, I think they're fragile. Uh, I mean, because I mean, early on when the season first started, they had us all thinking, oh, these guys are for real. But the the Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers are the Clippers, and and then um, their their bad ways uh, <laughs> uh, starts to starts to rear, and uh, you start saying, well, here we go again. So you you can't believe in them. The Rockets are really interesting. I I, I just I just don't know if they can sustain it through the playoffs because. That's the history of Mike's teams, you know, because everybody makes you play a different style in the playoffs. You have to defend. You have to actually run some kind of offense called set plays in the playoffs because teams take that away from you, that that, that freestyle stuff away from you. It's interesting. Mike's, Mike's feeling is that teams take away your structured offense in the playoffs. And that his free structure system should work better in the playoffs. Uh, that hasn't been proven in the past. No, it hasn't. <laughs> but that's what he feels. All right. Of this group, do you believe anyone's better than what they're performing? Sacramento, the Lakers, who've lost seven in a row to go 10-17. and 17. The Nuggets, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Timberwolves, or the Mavericks. Can any of those make a run to catch the Blazers to make the West have a playoff race, or do we already know the eight playoff teams in the West? I I believe um, out of that group, if Dallas gets healthy, they can make a run for that eighth spot. If everybody's healthy 
and it's a perfect world, they can make a run. And uh, they're, they're far back, but it's not too late. It's not too late. If the big German gets healthy, Darren Williams stays healthy, and a, and a really big key, J.J. Barea, if he gets healthy and stays healthy, they can go on a run and, 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 uh, and go for that eighth spot. But it's not, it's not going to be easy. But other than that, I, uh, I don't believe in the Pelicans. I do not believe in the Kings. I believe the Lakers are what they are. Uh, they're they're, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be interesting. But I just don't know uh, from a maturity standpoint if they can do it. The other group is that Grizzlies, Thunder, Jazz, Trailblazers group. Any of those make a run toward the Rockets, Clippers, and Spurs? Um, I mean, I like Memphis. I like Utah. Uh, I, I like I like both of them because of the way they play. I, I like their coaches. They have hardworking co- coaches that are knowledgeable. Uh, I love Utah's uh, energy and and the way they approach the game. They play hard on both ends. They're well coached. They run their offense. Um, Memphis is <laughs> is overachieving, and with with Conley out, they're doing some phenomenal stuff. Now, they lost big tonight to Cleveland, which that's normal. That's going to happen. But they they are surprising a lot of people. Uh, um, they punted tonight, by the way. They rested, <laughs> they, rest, they rested Gasol. Oh, okay. Well, they knew. Yeah. The Jazz punted against the Warriors. They punted against um, – I don't know if the Jazz really punted. I don't know if that's fair. But, you know, you guys are somewhat beat up. Right now, there's no need to do those things. That's what the Jazz felt with Hayward, and with all their other injuries. Uh, let's go to let's look at let's go back to coaches and the final three things for the scout. What coaches are running the most creative stuff right now? Creative? Uh, that's a good question. Um, or different? Every year we have some new stuff that's being run. So, what's the new stuff out there? Who's who's ahead of the curve? Well, I. Um, there's there's not a whole lot that's new, but I and I and I another team that I haven't seen much of is Charlotte. But everybody tells me that the stuff that they run is is great, and 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 uh, Cliff does a good job with his team and and the type of offense he runs with the players that he has. Again, I haven't seen them enough to to tell you that, but that's just what I've heard. Everybody else, they pretty much run the same stuff. They just give it a different name. So I'm not seeing anything that's, like, catching my eye and saying, oh, I really like that, other than some of their ATO plays, their after-timeout plays. Anyone combating switching differently? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, it seems like a lot of teams are trying to get away from it. Uh, uh uh, there are a few guy teams that allow like certain players, like the three and the four, to switch quite a bit. But uh, it, I, I've heard that teams, uh, coaches, are trying to to, to limit uh, how much guys switch now because they just want guys to guard and 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 be honest on defense and not take plays off because a lot of times you just it's just an easy way to to play defense by switching. What players, as we wrap up, have you seen 
that are have made that are considerably better than when you saw them a year ago? <laughs> well, that's easy. Uh, Embiid at Philly because <laughs> he didn't play a year right. ago. Yeah, he hadn't played at all. But I I didn't expect him to be as good as he is right now. Uh, I mean, he has great footwork, great shooting touch. I mean, his moves are, are surprising. Uh, I, I didn't expect to see that in him. I, I just I didn't know what to expect. And then his shooting range. But it, then again, all he's had time to do is work on his game. And every time I saw him work out in the past, he was shooting three-pointers. So, I mean, he ought to be a good three-point shooter. <laughs> um, who else stands out? Uh, I mean, as far as – I mean, I'm always blown away at Anthony Davis. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league, but he just – his game continues to rise. And uh, I don't know what the – I don't know when he peaks out. If what, he can what's, different, out what's different now? Well, I mean, he the he, he he the way he handles the ball, he puts the ball on the floor a little bit more now. His shooting range, he he, he shoots the three comfortably now. Um, he his touch, he he has great mid range shot, and he 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 makes a, he has a nice little one step pull up jump shot that you don't see players that size shooting so smoothly. So I enjoy watching him play. And he's not guardable because of his length and his skill. He's just not guardable. If I look at the 2016 draft board right now, almost every one of them is shooting below 40%. Marquise Christ and Jakob Pertelarm, but they're big guys. They better not be shooting under 40%. Um, right. Jalen Brown is the only big guy that's probably not. Which of these guys have you seen in the top 10? So we're talking Ingram, Brown, Bender, Dunn, Heald, Murray, Chris. Jakob Pertl, Thon Maker. I mean, if you want to conclude Sabonis and Prince, you probably can't other than that. Not a lot of guys have played. Um, the kid in Toronto's played some. Otherwise, pretty limited. Who have you seen that you've said, oh, goodness, I don't know if he has it. And who have you seen that you said, all right, it's there. It'll come around once he understands the game. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with uh, the guys that I, the guy that I think has something. I think it's Murray at Denver. Um, I didn't know much about him initially, but I've seen them play four or five times, and uh, the kid can really score. I mean, he he is a natural scorer, and, and if you put the rock in his hands, he's going to get a basket. Now, he, he's not a passer, but I, I think if he slows down a little bit and gets a little under control, he can be a better player where he makes other guys better. Because, but, but as from a from a scoring standpoint, he can go. Um, not so good. Uh, how, how Murray or Gary Harris? Ooh, mm. I, I I think Murray is a more natural scorer, but overall, I like Harris. Interesting. Overall game, I like Harris. That's a little little quandary them for there. Denver has too many players. Denver's yes. got thirteen similar players. Right. All right, guys who you've seen on the draft board that you or now that if the draft you said, Oh no. I I'm concerned. 
doesn't mean you're closing the door on them. They're 25, right. 30 games into their NBA career. You're not closing your door on anyone. You'd make a lot of mistakes if you did this. But who have you seen that you went, oh, gosh, that, that's going to be a bigger jump than people realize? Um, I can't think of names right now. Um, Here, I'll give you the review again in case just that helps you out because nobody can do okay. it. Ingram, Brown, Bender, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray, you talked about, Marquise Chris, Jakob Pertl, Thon Maker, Sabonis, I guess you could include Valentine, who went 14th. Prince went 12th. They've played a little bit. Heron mm-hmm. Gomez has played a little 15th. Baldwin's played some, who went 17th. And uh, that's probably it out of, that, out of the top 15. Well, uh, two names come to mind. Uh, Buddy Heald at New Orleans. He He's... <laughs> he's a one-dimensional player that's not even doing what he's supposed to do very well right now, and he's supposed to be a shooter, and he can't do that right now. But I, I, even coming out of college, I thought he's one-dimensional, and it's really showing now that he I, he he wasn't ready for this, and I, I, I don't know if he, he will develop or not, but he – he can't put the ball on the floor. He's a terrible passer, which, but he was a terrible passer in college. Um, Baldwin in Memphis, I'm not, I'm not uh, blown away by him. Uh, I just think that he, he, he's a guy that kind of came into the league feeling like he had arrived or had accomplished something already. And uh, he's just, his game, his college game hasn't translated to the NBA game, and uh, maybe that changes, but it needs to change soon. <laughs> so that <laughs> was the, no- that was the book on him out of college. Was that like in all of his interviews and everything he did, and the, it, with his teammates at Vanderbilt, that he was really. I mean, that was that was the concern. I liked his game actually as a college game going to a pro game. I may turn out to be wrong since he's shooting thirty one percent and eleven percent from three. Uh, right. Those are a little disconcerting. But I really <laughs> I liked his explosiveness. I liked his ability to get to, on top of the rim. I thought that looked NBA esque to me. But then when I asked around about him, that was the question mark was he thinks he's better than he is. I'm not sure he's willing is are you seeing he's not great with his teammates. He even admitted that during the draft he period of time in the interviews are you seeing that manifest itself on the floor yes a little bit and uh it's like uh he 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 doesn't look comfortable and then his his teammates don't have a lot of confidence in him right now uh but he 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 he's second guessing himself he 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 just doesn't look like he's ready to play and uh i mean i i and i guess when you're shooting the way he's shooting, maybe you're not ready to play, or maybe you are second-guessing yourself about this whole NBA thing. Uh, but I know that uh, his teammates are, are, are not necessarily having a good time with him right now. Scout, always love your insight. You work so darn hard going to all these games, seeing all of them living in every Marriott, known to man, uh, <laughs> drinking more bad coffee than anybody should. Uh, I should... I, I, I'm going to leave you coffee gift cards all across town at good coffee shops for you. Thank you very much. That's my, my love of the road is finding good coffee shops. Scouts, I've learned, just want the fuel. They don't have time to go find my little, you know, ritzy, pour-over coffee <laughs> shop. They'll, they'll drink the gross stuff from the mermaid. They'll, 
they'll just have whatever's in their room at 11.30 at night when they're filing their fifth report of the day after watching their third game. Like, it just doesn't matter to you, does it? You just want the fuel. That's right. That's right. All we right. want the quick fix. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's the legal. Well, I, was, I used to say it's like the last legal drug, but now we're actually making all the others legal too. So, uh, no doubt. Right, yeah, and all the, and all the ones, that, the medical ones that get prescribed <laughs> to us too. All right, anyway, on our little comment there. Scout, I love it. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much for your uh, willingness to come on. I know our listeners greatly appreciate it. If they could reach you, they would tell you. But since we don't tell them who they, you are, they can't tell you. So uh, we appreciate it immensely, Scout. All right, thank you. So much fun with the Scout. Hope you enjoyed that special treat. If you really want to send him a message, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, and we can get it to him. Uh, if you want to advertise on this podcast, you can email me there as well. Our audience is 97% male. Uh, between the ages of 18 and 44 is about 74% of the audience. Between 25 and 54 is about 72% of the audience. So if you're interested in advertising on Lockdown NBA, please do give me an email at dlock09 at gmail.com. Hope you're getting your Christmas shopping done. Remember, today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek as well as BetDSI. We have our four old sponsors, Mac Weldon and Indochino, both great holiday opportunities for you. Promo codes LOCKED should still be working on both of those. So use the promo code LOCKED at uh, both Mac Weldon and at uh Indochino.com. If you have any problems with either of those, feel free uh, to send me a quick little note and I'll get that taken care of for you. This is, or this has been, Locked On NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.